0: Welcome to the Sugar Science Podcast, where our mission is to highlight and connect researchers in the type 1 diabetes space. I'm Scott Phillips, an intern for the Sugar Science, and your host for today's podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Jonathan White. Johnny is a media psychologist who has type 1 diabetes and has been very influential and active within the diabetes world since he was 15. Why don't we start with uh, when you were diagnosed and and the kind of the story that went along with that, you know, like what was your thought process, what was going on, Uh, who was around you, where were you, you know, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, not my most interesting story, but um, I was diagnosed at age 15. Um, I was a a difficult teenager, Um, you know, really wanted to to do what I wanted to do. my folks for excellence, uh in, uh, in, helping me adapt to it. Um, I was, uh, I was desperately afraid of needles at the time. Um, so I used to tell my doctor that I got my flu shots at school and I would tell the school that I got them from my doctor so that I wouldn't, you know, I, and I would, I, I probably dodged a few shots over the years. Uh, I don't think, you know, I don't think I had any, uh, downfall from that and I don't recommend it to anybody uh the stupid thing in retrospect but I really didn't like needles and so uh yeah I, I uh I was just getting sicker and sicker and uh I think when I got in my blood sugar was in the 40s in the Canadian which is what millimoles per deciliter um which would be roughly 180 times four so maybe 720 800 in the uh is it millimoles um anyway it doesn't matter uh in in the american system um really high
0: that's the point (laughs) yeah
1: yeah they they said how are you you know how are you still like how are you still standing and it was pure teenage like stubbornness and you know i i didn't want to be in there um yeah and then you know um I, I suppose at that point, uh, it was just my folks, you know, uh, had this attitude of like, all right, so, you know, what's next, you know, now we got to move on. Now we got to do the next thing. And so I wasn't really allowed to, uh, wallow in self-pity or, you know, there was no, you know, hint that it was okay for me to now self-destruct or start whining or, you know, whatever. So, so it was kind of like, all right, cool. You got diabetes, you know um let's get the plan in place let's take the shots and, and let's move on um but there was a, a learning curve i i guess uh because i was a teenager um my dad was clever with his bargains and it was kind of like look we don't want to chase you around and like stab you with needles like so why don't you just take care of your own crap and then we don't have to and then this thing this whole thing won't be quite so awful um and you know if you can take care of it and if you can keep your uh hemoglobin uh, your hba1c's at a certain level then we will stop you know bothering you and that was uh you know that was a good move on his part because he understood my motivations he did something similar for motivating me to get a scholarship for university which was you know we're not paying for uh we're not paying for you to go away when you could live at home so if you want to go away you're going to need a scholarship and oh man did I ever start like working hard in high school so yeah yeah, little 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 clever uh, tricks from my parents and then um, yeah very much an attitude of you know okay you know let's take care of this and then what's next
0: right Uh, yeah that's sounds very very similar kind of to what to what I was going through my mom babied me a little bit kind of at the beginning you know trying to trying to, cause she was trying to learn just as much as I was, you know, we both, I mean, that's the weird thing about diabetes is no one really knows anything about it until either someone that you know or someone within your family actually gets it. You know, it's not something Mm. that very many people know anything about until they have someone personal like that's super close to them that actually gets it. So, and how old Um, were you? I was, I was 12 when I was diagnosed. I was on a boy scout trip in Catalina I was sicker than sick. I was throwing up. I was mm. peeing myself. I was, it was, it was a nightmare. Um, yeah. I came back, I was like eight pounds lighter and my blood sugar was, I mean, I broke the meter at the urgent care and then they said, and then the urgent care clinic guy came running out of the building and he's like, if you don't get him to a hospital now, he's going to die. Cause I was like, spilling the largest ketones he could in your urine. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm 12 years old. I barely can even think. All I want is a quesadilla. So I I don't know yeah. why I was craving craving a quesadilla. It was just like, oh my god. I I like couldn't eat. I couldn't eat for like three days because my blood sugar was so high. And they put me on a double I drip IV drip and brought my blood sugar down too fast. It was all it was all crazy. But anyways, so enough. It's fun. funny you, you you get to like uh, so
1: so you and I to. I don't know, we we just met, but you know, two somewhat like athletic and and somewhat talkative guys and it, it becomes like, well, my blood sugar was you know, well I was yeah. off the charts of the record. So yeah, little, they
0: they were like, I'm surprised there. you're still walking. And I was like, yeah. Oh, nice, cool, thanks. You know, when and you say in the urgent care clinic guy was about to send me home with the flu, my mom was like My mom was like, no, check his ketones, check his blood sugar. Like, this isn't right. Like, I know, like, I know this is diabetes and I don't want to be like a negative Nelly, but I think it's diabetes, you know? And Good for your mom. Yeah, no, she, my mom, low-key, she saved my life, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, I
1: was going to say, I, I, the, the story I could have told, um, when you started telling yours, I remembered, I went to see Independence Day with some friends. And I brought in, and this is a good for people to understand, you know, what happens when you're about to be diagnosed. I brought in two liters of chocolate milk and uh, I think like a liter and a half of Powerade. Um, and this is just like my snack. for I, the because I, was, <laughs> I was so well, anything with sugar, right? You're just craving it because right, you're, right. You're, your body knows it should be. Um, it should be taking all that sugar in your bloodstream and somebody can correct me on this, but I think it's something like all that sugar in your bloodstream should be getting to the other parts of your body via insulin as the delivery system, but it's not. Right. So the other parts of your body are like sugar, where's that sugar? And then you're like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything I can. Um, but I, I think I went to the bathroom like eight times, you know, threw up three times uh, in the course of like a two hour movie. And my friends are like, I could, you know, Yeah. Well, still, man, like, you're just, you're really annoying right now. And I was like, I can't help it.
0: That, like, I can. that that was probably, you probably nailed that on the head. because when I was at camp, like, I was throwing up, and I was like, oh, as a Boy Scout, I'm, like, thinking, hmm, I'm throwing up, I need to replace my electrolytes. What a great idea. Gatorade. Sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, Gatorade, you know, and then it got to the point where, like, my blood sugar was so high that I was so tired that I wouldn't wake up in in my sleep and I would just pee myself in my sleep. And I'm I'm at Boy Scout camp, you know, I've got two pairs of underwear for the whole week. What am I going to do? You know, I was 12, come on, you know? (laughs) So, I mean, it was... It was. I mean, the, the the nurse on the island didn't even know that I had diabetes, and and I was telling him all my symptoms. I was like, I'm throwing up. I'm blurry vision. Like can't. Like I'm super tired all the time. I'm peeing. I'm drinking water every 10 seconds. You know, like. Mm. And he's like, oh, I think it's the flu, and give me anti nausea medication and just mm. yeah, like that. And then I was just peeing and throwing up in my sleep, and you know. Mm. But anyways, you know, I mean not much you can do about it now. Just gotta, yeah, got roll yeah. with it. And the, the doctors were like, oh, if you didn't play sports, you know, this would be a different story for you. And I was like, hmm, okay, all right. I mean, I believe it, but like, you know, anyways, uh, on connected in motion, you have, um, you talk about your words of wisdom. So what do you mean that diabetes makes you tougher or stronger and how does it make you care less about the social norms?
1: Oh, well, interesting. Uh well connected and that must be from ages ago, but oh, yeah. uh, I, don't, I, I don't remember I, what that is, but I, I, I can answer the question. Yeah. I know D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Um so the diabetes makes you stronger thing. Um you know um there's a there's a cliche in psychology that um all you have is your problems, sort of. Um, so, so they they would tell a therapist not to steal their client's problems because if if you know. And, and so I'm not a I'm not a clinical psychologist. I'm a research psychologist. But um, the idea is that if somebody comes in and you know they're like, oh well, I have you know this phobia or I have this problem. If if the therapist just gives them the answer and is like, well here's how you solve that, you know it doesn't really do anything for them because they haven't gotten there themselves. And so they haven't learned the, you know, personal development, mm-hmm. pardon me, that's necessary to, uh, overcome, you know, similar hurdles in the future. And I guess my, my take on diabetes, uh, on type one diabetes is that, um, it's kind of training for life. Uh, it's this condition where if you're not taking care of yourself, um, things start to fall apart pretty quickly. Uh, you know, you forget your insulin or you, you eat poorly or you have a bad night of sleep or your emotions get out of whack. Um, uh, you know, things go downhill pretty fast. You, you, um, you know, you get sick, you get stressed, your sugar goes even higher, you know, it goes even higher. And then once it gets up, sometimes it's hard to bring it down. And you wind up taking a rage bolus to drop it. But it's like, if you're not on top of things all the time, uh, things, you know, start falling apart. And that's true for everybody, I would say in all walks of life, right? Like you gotta, you know, you gotta have a plan, you gotta be moving forward or else things are going to fall apart around you. But with diabetes, it's just a little bit, uh, amplified, uh, on the health front or, or, Mm -hmm. um, exacerbated, um, so that the consequences are, are kind of more immediate, which, uh, you know, it kind of makes it like a, a, a decent little training ground. Um, cause you're, you're trying to learn to take care of yourself. And, and, uh, if you don't, you know, you get hit pretty hard, pretty quick. Um, but then you can, you know, recover from that and come back to that, you know, healthy level. And then, um, yeah, the, the reinforcements is very, is very quick and, and acute. And so, I don't know, I, I um, we made a video back in the day that kind of talked about how uh, people with type one have to do a little bit of extra math. Um, you know, which maybe it makes them a little smarter. Um, they have to use a little bit of extra willpower that nobody else has to, which maybe develops that willpower muscle a little bit. Um, uh, and then you, your, your second question alluded to um, the social side of things, and, and maybe you need to, I don't know, like, maybe you're, if you have a type one, maybe you're already different, and um, that was a, a thing that I needed to learn, I think, as a, as a teenager, like, you know, I was always trying to fit in with this group or that group, and I, I wasn't pursuing, you know, what was interesting to me um, intrinsically, and then I think, you know, I got type one, and, and, like, all bets were off as far as, like, Trying to be somebody else, it's like, well, you know, I, 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 now I can't. uh, What would I say? It's like I, I, I can't pretend that I don't have this condition because uh, I'm taking shots all the time and and you know poking my fingers and whatever. And it's a little more discreet these days uh, with pumps and CGMs, but um, you've still got a thing, right? And you've got to you got to take your gummies sometime, and you got to be like, all right, I'm just going to take a shot. And so for me, um. I guess what I discovered was that I didn't like um the the automatic reaction that people would give me. So if I see what I've got on me here, I got some pens. Um you know, if I pulled this, if I pulled out an insulin pen and you know dialed it up and took a shot, you know, the immediate reaction people would be like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> you know. Uh and it's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm fine. Thanks." But you you know, especially when you're young and um you don't want to be you don't want that to be people's like impression of you it's like oh it's the the really sick guy you know the guy who you know is gonna die if we don't watch him carefully like that's the last thing you want Mm -hmm. so I learned to um I learned to mess with people a little bit in a in a way that I found fun so um (laughs) Uh, With, I mean this is the one I use now so I hang out with a lot of academics now so I'll take a shot and people will go what is that and I'll go it's compressed water it keeps me hydrated (laughs) and um, I work with a lot of engineers uh, and water is a non-compressible fluid um, but they don't want to correct you while you're injecting yourself with it right because they feel like that would be bad form or whatever yeah. So I just, you know, I just leave it, right? And I, I watch their brains burn a little bit, and then I just leave it for a bit. And then the next time it comes up or whatever, as they get to know me a little better, they're like, come on, man, like, why <laughs> would you, you know, but I do it because it, it uses my medical condition to make fun of them, uh, which makes them very comfortable, Um Mm-hmm. You know, because c- they're like, oh, well, clearly I don't need to t- like take care of the guy or worry about him if he's making fun of me while he's injecting himself with this or that. And then I had some, I had some others. I used to, if I had a pump or a dex come on, people say, what is that? I'd be like, oh, it's extra bass for my uh, MP3 player, my, my iPhone. that just like shoots, you know, a little bit of yeah. bass into you or, you know, <laughs> there's always something. I think the most extreme I ever got was with the, uh, with the hockey team. Um uh, I don't know if this is appropriate for, for your audience or not, but I think I was wearing a CGM at the time and uh, like a little Dexcom thing and, and somebody's like, oh, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's a, it's an experimental training tool. And they're like, well, what does it do? And I'm like, well, anytime I score a goal, uh, it gives me an orgasm. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, they're, they're just, you know,
0: people That's don't know what to awesome. That's hilarious. Yeah, right? I, mean, um, I would do something similar. I would. I like to mess with my friends about it, you know, just because, I don't know, I feel like any time that comes up and any anyone that comes up to me and asks me questions about it, I'm more than willing to, you know, explain them what's going on. Because, I, I mean, that's what I want to do. I want to educate people because I feel like I'm yeah. educated on type 1 diabetes and stuff like that. So it's kind of like, but with my friends and stuff like that, or people who know me a little bit better, but don't actually know that I have diabetes yet. And they see me doing something with my pump or with my with a cgm or with my with my meter or something like that you know i always like to poke fun and be like oh no it's my pager you know I gotta, gotta go to the hospital real quick it's alarming you know yeah yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, so, yeah so i mean it's it's all fun it's especially i mean i definitely agree with you with the whole with the whole like, care less about social norms because you know it's it's like we already got to deal with this might, why might i might as well have a little fun with it you know <laughs> it doesn't hurt. Yeah. You know, and it, and, and it avoid it like really, to me, the big
1: thing was, was not having everybody look at you like you're a, you know, a, a sick child. And that's part of uh, staying healthy. I think with type one diabetes, I mean, one, it's great for the blood sugars. Like if you, you know, I, I trail run a lot these days and if I do a 10 mile trail run, my blood sugar is going to be fine, you know, for that day. Like there's just you know it, it just really takes the um the highs and lows out of it um and then it's good for the brain um and then on top of that yeah it's important to me to be fitter than the person who's asking me about type 1 diabetes <laughs> uh, so that they can't look at you know look at it and go oh well you know you're, yeah. Uh, yeah You know.
0: Well, so with that being said, I I know you talked about your insulin pens. What kind of um, technology do you use? Are you on an insulin pump? Were you on an insulin pump? What do you like about insulin pumps, insulin pens? Uh,
1: Yeah, I messed with pumps for a while. Um, I tried them all. Uh, They were good. Uh, I haven't tried them lately, uh, but I'm actually going to start on a tandem uh, pretty soon. Uh, They've got some new tech. I think uh, you would know more about it than I do. But um, I have some friends who are um, uh, wonderful people, uh, husband and wife, both have type one. Um, they're kind of the reason I moved down to California. I like their life a lot. And uh, they, I've always just kind of taken their advice. Um, so I was doing, a, a CGM I think is indispensable. If you can get it, um, Dexcom, uh, you know, just having it. Like I've got my blood sugar on my watch right now. Um, and then you've got it on your phone, and you've got the reading every five minutes, and you're laughing. Uh, the pen I showed you, uh, this is an in pen. Um, this came out maybe six months ago or something, um, maybe longer, I don't know. But it it's just got a, a little Bluetooth component, so it um, sends it to your phone when you've taken uh, when you've taken a dose. So I can look at the uh, you know a quick swipe screen of my phone and I can see my blood sugar and I can see how much insulin I have on board and that makes decision making a little easier. And yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to try out a tandem pump and uh, see how the, uh, see how the closed loop is coming along.
0: Mm-hmm. All the big, all the big companies are getting into their, into their closed loop system. So we'll see kind of which one kind of conquers them all. So um, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I mean, were you on? Were you on? Or the pen when you were doing your uh, ride across Africa? Um, I was on a Metronic back There. Oh, you were on a Metronic. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. walk me through all of that. How did you prepare for a four-month-long journey across ten countries? And it was—I mean—that's insane. I mean, yeah, you, I. Did. I can barely prepare for a weekend on a lacrosse tournament. Yet you prepared for four months. I yeah. Remember. What was kind of, what was going on there? I mean, that's, that's remarkable.
1: Um, when I was finishing university, uh, I had these two friends and we had this idea that what we wanted to do was, um, ride bicycles from Ireland to China and play practical jokes on people, uh, in all the different countries along the way and see how different cultures reacted differently to the same <laughs> practical joke. Um, which yeah, I mean it sounds fun as a concept. I don't know how it would have panned out and we never got around to it. One of them uh one of them moved to Abu Dhabi and the other one joined the Air Force. Um, but I still wanted to do something. Um so I kinda kept pushing on it and uh, uh I found this thing called Tour d'Afrique, like Tour de France. Um and they, yeah, they, they do this four month expedition from Cairo, uh, in Egypt, to Cape Town in South Africa. And, um, so I, uh, ate a lot of cheese and chocolate to try to put on some weight. Um, cause you lose a lot of weight on the, on the trip and, uh, yeah, just packed up a bunch of insulin, um, you know, did some long bike rides to prepare. I was nowhere near it being any kind of elite cyclist. I was just a dude who had, you know, um done some you know long rides like 30 or 40 kilometer rides on the weekend so, so really nothing for a serious cyclist
0: and then um, 12,000 no big deal you know
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah and then showed up on the first day and I could tell like you know I was still amateurish enough that like some people when they went like when somebody starts running or they start biking or they start swimming they're like go 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 stop go, 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 stop. So on the first day, like all the real cyclists, you know, are obviously just keeping a steady pace and like, you know, flying along and I'm I'm like catching up and then like stopping and resting, catching up, stopping and resting. Um, yeah, so it was just, uh, I don't know. It, it's not like that it was a whim or something, but I guess I, I had been in school and, um, felt that I, I was in grad school at the time and felt that I needed to do something a bit more adventurous. And uh, yeah, you know, packed all my insulin. I, I had, uh, this is my, my dad's contribution. I had, um uh, you know, sugar uh, kind of shoved into all of the bars of my bike because, you know, you don't know what's going to happen, right? So if you wind up, um, you know, getting lost or off the trail or whatever. And you have to pull you know some pieces apart to get out some sugar um you know it's better to have it than not right um yeah yeah i'm trying to think of what the i i mean i got horrendously sick at a certain point like you know like um i'm trying to think how to phrase this politely like pooping blood sick um wow uh (laughs) yeah and uh uh but I, i i kept on and and yeah i i uh it was a it was a thing to do the whole thing so to never ride the truck to never to never quit um and so i i did that there were 45 at the start and i think 15 of us made it the whole way um without catching a ride um yeah and then we would just camp at night and and ride during the day and you know man um it was good to learn to to bike it was good to have some time with your thoughts it was good to see uh a, a lot of africa um at a at a really reasonable pace people there uh were incredibly friendly you know they're kind of like invite you uh into their house and you know braid your hair and show you where your bed is and then you're like no guys i gotta you know your it's all side, you know pretend sign language you're like no i gotta keep going but um yeah felt incredibly safe and uh as far as type one goes like there's almost not a better routine for type 1 diabetes than like you know getting up at the crack of dawn every day you know and bicycling um for six or seven hours uh, and then getting into camp and you know rehydrating and and eating a meal and doing it again so um yeah the diabetes you had to keep an eye on it but in general it was um yeah i could imagine
0: after after the first couple of days i mean i'm sure your blood sugar was probably just coasting low for a lot of the time you know you're probably just scarfing food at all points of the day probably right
1: yeah i mean anytime you could yeah yeah
0: you you know you always
1: had a they we were sponsored by these uh whatever these little energy bars i forget which ones they were um but uh yeah you always had a couple of those in your in your jersey pocket and uh yeah, you know, cut the insulin, the basil way back. But it was even, I I don't know if there's any truth to this, but it was like, you didn't need to worry about spikes that much because it was, you feel like your body is kind of eating up uh, any excess um, anyway. um, And and somebody else can comment on the science of that. Um, But uh, no, it was exercise is good. That's, yeah, you know, Uh,
0: exercise is I think that's one of the most key points of being a diabetic. I feel like it, it just helps with controlling your blood sugar so much more than than if you're. I mean, I even realize it when I'm not playing lacrosse. If I take two weeks off of lacrosse, like at the beginning of the summer, when I when when uh, the spring sports ended because of COVID. I mean, we yeah. all took a couple of weeks off because there were no gyms or anything open. And within the first, like within those weeks, I was like, well, I'm just sitting here not doing anything and my blood sugar just slowly starts like coasting up because I'm not using any of my, any of the energy in my body, you know? So definitely, yeah, right off the bat, I can always tell as soon as I stop working out, I know I'm like, all right, I need to get back to the gym. I need to go work out. I need to go run or do something, you know, just to yeah. keep my blood sugar in check
1: so yeah and that's that that's that lesson right that's you know because your buddy who, who doesn't have type one you know coasts for six months and then he doesn't notice until he's got a beer belly but uh you, yeah. know, you notice right away because your your physiology is gonna is gonna crack you over the hand with a ruler faster than his does right yeah, yeah.
0: no that's awesome i mean so all right and So with this did you did you do any like motiv- motivational speaking after this or was the motivational speaking kind of beforehand?
1: No, it was after. Um I I wrote I was trying to, you know, by hook or by crook go on this trip and so I wrote uh, a bunch of diabetes companies and a bunch of other companies and said does anybody want to sponsor this thing? And nobody wrote back. I think I sent out 300 letters or something. And then it was like um five months after I got back, I got a, uh, an email or a letter from Medtronic saying, Hey, are you still doing that Africa thing? I was like, yeah, I did it. You know, I filmed it, you know, it was really cool. They said, Oh, do you want to do a talk? I said, sure. I was in Halifax, Nova Scotia at the time, went to Montreal, um, did a talk about it. Uh, it went well, people enjoyed it. Um, and so they, uh, really, you know, treated me really well and had me doing a lot of, um, traveling and talking for them. And, uh, went to Puerto Rico, Colombia, Switzerland, all around, uh, Canada, U.S., um, and then I, I started doing some for uh, for Bayer, um, I did some work later with uh, with Animus, I did some work uh, with Lily on Welcome to Type 1, so that's yeah, this wonderful little, um, there was, there's a few motivational speakers, I, at least there were back in my day, uh, at any given time, like, you know, athletes with diabetes who, who did cool stuff, and then You know, basically one of these companies will put on a session to help orient um, families who are new to the condition. Uh, And so they'll have, you know, an endocrinologist and maybe a psychologist and then maybe an athlete or motivational speaker. And um, I think it was pretty, I think they were, you know, they were good. They were well-received. And then it's sponsored by the medical device or pharma company because they want the people to start on their medical device or medication. Um, you know because they're companies Um, but uh, overall the you know the vibe and the effect of those things was pretty positive Um, so yeah I used to I would tell some jokes show show some pictures Um, we had one of us uh, what I don't know you know there's a hundred days of of bicycling and one day we did it naked and so that picture (laughs) always made its way into the slide and always got the most questions like where were your actual clothes (laughs) Um, uh, and I'm trying to think what the answer to that was. I think we just kind of had them tied to our handlebars or something. And the shot was from the back. Um, that was in Botswana, uh, which was like three quarters of the way through. Um, no, it was good. It, it was fun. And then I would kind of talk a little as I got, as I, you know, did more research, more psych, more reflection, I would talk a little bit about the psychology of type one diabetes and just stuff like I, I said before about, um, how it can make you stronger and, and, um, you know systems uh you know like get your blood sugars right at night because that's going to be like a third of your life right so if you if you can figure out your system for going to bed with decent sugars and and waking up with decent sugars then like you know even if your daytimes are awful like you're still going to have half decent a1c half decent you know um Right. Uh, impact on your on your overall body and health. So there were a few little tips and tricks like that that we used to share as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's a good point. I didn't really even think about it like that. You know, I mean, last night I went to bed at 93, woke up at 80 this morning, so. There you go. I'm Killing praying. it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not on a CGM right now. And that's just, I'm waiting. I want to wait for the technology to be a little bit better. Um, I feel like it, to me, for me, at least, I feel like it's more of a nuisance than it is uh, uh, helpful to me, mm. at least. Uh, especially I'm, so I'm from California, um, but I'm out in Florida right now. Um, mm. And the humidity with playing the cross and the heat doesn't, isn't the best conditions for keeping a sensor on your body, you know? Sure. So, I mean, that's kind of where, it's where I'm at, right now. I'm kind of I'm waiting for, I mean, and I, I know the new systems that are coming out are going to be, much more advanced, technologically advanced with less calibrations and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm excited, I'm excited for that, but I did when I was what, I think I was just uh, a junior, junior, senior in high school. Maybe I did some speaking engagements for Medtronic with the 670 G and, and then I also did some motivational speaking for JDRF. And I think that was kind of one of the coolest things I've done because it was it, it. allowed me to kind of see the position that I was in when I was twelve. Because um, you have the end, the endocrinologists or the doctors that come into the hospital that teach you what you're supposed to do, and then they send you off on your way. And then you get a new endocrinologist, and then you talk to them. You figure out what it is you got to do, and then you know go on with that. But I feel like I, there was there was a GDRF event, and there was a family that showed up, and they I mean they were they looked scared beyond belief. You know they had they had mm. no. Idea you know, and so I, I was able to sit down and talk with them for like 10 minutes on the side and, you, you know, just kind of be like, yo, look, I was in your the same situation. My family knew nothing about, it, you know, mm-hmm. and still some people don't know everything about, it, you know, and so it's like, it's like being able to, you know, go in there and give that family, you know, a little piece of relief saying like, hey, look, everything's going to be okay. You're going to figure yeah. it out. You know, it just takes some time. You know, that was kind of like, that kind of got me, that right there kind of sparked my, my, my love for being in the, in the diabetes world. And especially like what I want to do after college, which is still being involved in type one diabetes, whether it's in sales or it's, it's in motivational speaking. I I don't know, but we're, we're still, we're still solving that. But, um, what are you uh, studying now? Right now I'm studying marketing. Um, okay. Uh, and then I'm going to get my master's as well in marketing, especially now because COVID gave us all an extra year in the NCAA. So now I'm coming back for okay. an extra year. Um, thank you, but no thank you, you know, kind of, you know, I wasn't really thinking about doing it before, but now, you know, I kind of, you know, it's really not, there's really no point not to do it. You know, I get to play an extra year, get to be at college for an extra year, you know, you know, <laughs> there's no downside of that. But um, yeah, so with uh with your the media technology or media psychology sorry Mm -hmm. was there any was there any connection to studying that and having diabetes or was that kind of just like a different passion and or was there kind of like oh you know i've 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 faced adversity and you know i kind of want to figure out what the what the psychological side of all this and and or were you kind of just like, you know what? I like, I like psychology.
1: Yeah. I was about to say a bit of both. Um, did it have to do with type one diabetes? God, I don't know. Uh, you know, I guess everything does in a sense, right? It's like, you know, if you have a sibling, you know, did it have to do with your sibling? It's like, well, yes and no. And all my choices do cause that's part of who I am. So it's probably the same with type one. Um, I can the the way that I can turn that uh that that'll fit with our storyline is um after the motivational speaking, um I, I kinda had a an epiphany, which was um the same one that you just voiced about the motivational speaking, which is basically that you know our um contribution as you know young men who did sports, you know, was to go up on the stage and be like, Hi, I'm a young man who does sports and like show a picture of you doing sports. And then all the parents are like, Oh, thank God, my kid can be healthy. Like, you know, I thought my kid had a physical disability, but um, you know, or a medical condition that was going to hold them back. I didn't know what this thing was. But here's a healthy young man who, you know, plays sports. And therefore, my kid can be a healthy young person who plays sports as well. And they're like, "Ah, oh, good, you know, cool. Okay, let's 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 keep going. Um and so uh that was the function I I think to, you know, and then you you try to add something else on top of that. Um, but I think that was a, a big function of being a motivational speaker. And what I realized was that um the people who went to those things were probably gonna be okay. Uh like they they were already motivated, they were already at the event. And I had this uh uh, moment that I've probably built up in my head, but I was at the grocery store and I had on a uh, Medtronic pump at the time. And uh, the guy behind me in line g- at getting groceries and at the checkout was like, hey man, is that an insulin pump? And I was like, yeah, it is. And he's like, oh, you've got type one diabetes. He's like, yeah, I do. He's like, yeah, I do too. He's like, you know, isn't it awful? And I was like, yeah, you know, it's it's hard. And And he was like, yeah, man, I, you know, I was in the hospital you know, last week, and, like, the day before that, um, you know, I took too much insulin, and the ambulance had to come, and, like, over the weekend, you know, they had this family reunion thing, I couldn't go, because I was just feeling awful, and, like, it sounded like his whole life, you know, was really miserable from the, um from type 1 diabetes, and there's just this, huge difference between this guy behind me uh, in the in the grocery checkout and any of these people who I talked to at uh, at one of these events, you know, JDRF events, uh, children with diabetes, um, one of the Medtronic talks or Lily or, or wherever. And, and I, I was kind of like, oh, man, like the people who are at these things are not the people
0: yeah.
1: who need to hear this. How can we make this more accessible. And so this is a segue to, to something called welcome to type one, uh, welcome to type one.com is a website that, that, uh, um, uh, I built a friend and I built. Um, yeah. and, um, as far as the media psychology element, I guess it was just this idea that like, well, Hey, what could we take about this live, um, experience that exists at these talks and at these events and, and what from that could we put online and and make free and easily accessible to people and i it was actually wonderful um because what we discovered was that and this is something that you alluded to you know you go see your endocrinologist for 15 minutes and they're like wow your sugars aren't very good you know do better you're like oh thanks um And then they're like, by the way, I'm retiring, you know, so you're going to have the next person and the next person comes in and they're like, wow, your sugars aren't very good. You know, do better. Um, you're like, thanks. Anything else? And they're like, well, tell me what happened here. And you're like, that was two weeks ago. I don't know, you know. And they're like, "Well, you should have taken more insulin because that number's high." And it's like, <laughs> "Yeah, I know." There's a linear that relationship.
0: Was, that was my first endo, and I got rid of her real quick. My second, sure. endo, My second endo is the best, best one I've ever come. Like, I mean, he's one of my best friends too. I mean, I cool. we, we dialed everything out like that. I mean, and he he's not one of those guys that just goes oh yeah you were high there you definitely should have given more insulin beforehand you know maybe before mm-hmm. dinner you know it's just at that point that's just kind of beating a dead horse you know it's like well, thanks yeah thanks i appreciate yeah. it you know Insulin's and, and so hey next time let's try you know maybe insulin 15 minutes prior to eating that way you're already coming down before you start going up you know something something like that instead of like oh you should have given more you know yeah like, it doesn't yeah. Help you know
1: and and I'm being a little hyperbolic with my with my endocrinologist impressions and yeah I I've, I've had right, some no, good yeah, ones yeah. as well the, who helped you get the systems worked out. but for a lot of people this was their experience it's like walk in you know 15 minutes twice a year maybe three times a year in Canada and um uh they weren't getting anything out of it and they and, and even when you first get diagnosed it's like oh here I'm I'm in for three days and uh, I'm sick the whole time and they're and I'm stressed out and I haven't slept and they' and I gained 20 pounds in, in the three days after I got diagnosed that was how much my body was like finally absorbing um, water and nutrients and then they're like and we'll give you your whole education at that time as well for this very complex medical you know condition um, so a lot of people just don't retain from that they don't get much from the endos but the endos uh, and the exercise physiologists and the researchers, like they know all this stuff and they really want to tell it to people. And they get frustrated trying to do it, you know, in, in the 15 minute chunks that are allotted by the, you know, medical system or um, offices or whatever. And so what we discovered was that people would very happily um, work with us and, and do a pre- let us record a presentation, let us record a talk that they did um you know let them draw out their orientation we did something called the diabetes chalk talks with a wonderful diabetes educator named joe Solowicek, um who i met because he would do these speaking events as well um, he's got type 1 himself and he, and we've got maybe three and a half hours of him just working everything out on a chalkboard but on video and so we um we tried to take some of the the best of 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 what is available at these conferences and at these um uh you know events that 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 you and i uh would work and we tried to put that online as a platform and and it worked pretty well we we you know it, it was sustainable because the the uh, medical device and insulin companies were interested in in you know having their name or their product show up um uh just you know transparently like for them if somebody chooses to go on lily insulin uh instead of novo nordisk insulin that's a huge chunk of change for Lily over the course of that person's life. And people don't tend to change once they're on, right. um, you know, one insulin or one device or what have you. So, so the, yeah, the, the puzzle pieces were kind of all in place and, and um, did it for a few years, created a bunch of content. People still use it and um, just got, uh, you know, somebody asked me to do something new that was more interesting um, at the time uh so i uh i stopped doing walking type one and just kind of left it up and uh yeah people are still using it so it's fantastic i uh um i was speaking with your team a little bit and, and we might see if uh if if anybody wants to you know put that content somewhere or showcase it or or yeah. or do anything with it which would be totally it's cool. really
0: that's really cool and interesting that you say that i, I think i i I kind of realize the same thing, the fact that like the people who are showing up to these events and showing up to all these different like speaking engagements are, are not the people who need that motivation to be healthy, you know trying to you know they're either a trying to learn more about diabetes and trying to learn like, oh, some tips and tricks to help you know um, manage it easier, but um, you know the the ones really and the ones that I see too that some that I know. You know, the ones that aren't very motivated are not the ones showing up to these events. You know, Sh- showing up and and collaborating with other people and talking with them about ways that they manage their diabetes to help other ones. That you know, and so I think that you know, de- developing that platform and sharing that type tech- that the information and stuff like that is actually very, very, very smart. You know, and were you ever were you ever featured on? I think it's Diabetes Sports Project. I think that's what it's called it's basically a platform where they kind of just headline one person who did some crazy thing as a diabetic like hike mount everest right yeah, yeah africa you know yeah no so yeah. i i figured you would have been on there but i, I mean who knows but everest like- would be sebastian sassaville um another
1: canadian uh and then he ran across canada i think there's two uh aiden biles another type one diabetic who, who ran across canada um yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, it just go, you know. And then there's there's NHL players and there's football players and, um, yeah. There's it'd be pretty hard to argue that uh, that it holds you back, um, you know, physically. Right. Uh, in any yeah, way. yeah. That's. I yeah. think that's
0: one important message to take away from all of this is that even if you do have diabetes, there's really nothing that you can't do in the world, especially bike across Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Sugar Science Podcast. On next week's episode, we will continue to hear from type 1 diabetes researchers from all over the world.